0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority, on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast.
0: And I'm Shannon Van Sant, business editor of SubChina.
1: Bad news if you are a Chinese journalist working in the U.S. Good news if you are an online education service provider, and the more things change, the more things stay the same. No chance that the global COVID-19 pandemic will end this summer, according to experts. Here's your news.
0: On Thursday, the People's Bank of China and the State Administration of Foreign Exchange announced it will give foreign investors greater access to China's financial markets from June 6, when scrapping quotas for two major inbound investment systems, the Qualified Foreign Institutional Investor Program and the Renminbi Qualified Foreign Institutional Investor Program. As well as scrapping the quotas, the regulators are relaxing rules around taking your investments out of the country and have publicly said they are considering expanding the type of assets that can be invested in from stocks, bonds and warrants, fixed income products in the interbank bond market, securities investment funds and stock index futures to include private investment funds, financial futures commodities futures and options, initial public offerings, and secondary stock offerings, according to a consultation paper.
1: Chinese scientists are possibly making it easier to fly around the world and feel less environmental guilt about it. Scientists from the Institute of Technological Sciences at Wuhan University have created a fossil fuel-free prototype jet engine, The engine uses air plasma to generate propulsion, moving a step closer to carbon-free and guilt-free air travel. The researchers said they used the technology to lift a one kilogram steel ball over a quartz tube with a diameter of 24 millimeters, According to the researcher, it is possible to construct a high-performance microwave air plasma jet thruster in the future to avoid carbon emissions and global warming that arise due to fossil fuel combustion.
0: Huawei's semiconductor design arm, HiSilicon, has become the first Chinese mainland-based chipmaker to break into the world's top 10 for sales, climbing five places in the first quarter to scrape in at number 10 behind suppliers from the U.S., South Korea, and Taiwan. The unit grew its global sales by 54% year-on-year to $2.6 billion for the quarter, according to a report by ICN Sites. But the surge was mostly down to parent Huawei shifting its supply of chips away from foreign producers and buying chips from its subsidiary, accounting for 90% of high silicon sales for the period. The move followed a report by Reuters that a senior Trump administration official had agreed to a proposal that would require foreign companies using American chipmaking equipment, such as TSMC, to obtain a U.S. license before selling chips to Huawei.
1: In another sign of possible decoupling and strains between the world's two largest economies, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security issued a new rule Friday that will limit the validity of Chinese journalist visas to 90 days with an option for extension, according to a document filed to the Federal Register. The change, which takes effect Monday, aims to, quote, achieve greater reciprocity, end quote, in how each country treats journalists from the other. The change will not affect journalists from China's two special administrative regions of Hong Kong and Macau. Washington's latest tightening of the visa rules for Chinese journalists came after Beijing expelled American journalists from three major U.S. newspapers on March 18th. The expulsions were regarded as a response to the U.S.'s decision on March 2nd to limit the number of staff that five Chinese state-owned media outlets have in the United States.
0: According to China's former central bank governor Zhou Xiaochuan, Asia will continue to be the driving force of global economic growth after the COVID-19 pandemic, given the resilience of its economies. Taking part in an online seminar of the Boal Forum for Asia, Joe pointed to Asia's economies benefiting from the continent's huge market, rising middle-class population, improving fiscal conditions, thriving labor market, and digital commerce. A newly issued report at the Boal Forum forecasts that Asia will, for the first time, account for more than half of the global economy in 2020. Although this is all relative because the report also said the continent is likely to register zero growth amid the pandemic.
1: It is possibly a good time to be an online education provider as schools around the world are closed and more children are having to study at home. Chinese online tutoring company GSX Tech EDU has reported staggering growth in both net revenue and net profit in the first quarter of 2020 as the coronavirus pandemic increased demand for remote learning. In the first three months of this year, GSX more than tripled its net revenue to 1.3 billion yuan, which is approximately $183 million compared with the same period last year, according to the company's earnings report, released Wednesday. Its net profits for the quarter also ballooned, increasing 336.6% year-on-year to 148 million yuan. However, it has not been all plain sailing for GSX recently. In April, short-seller Citron Research accused the U.S.-listed company of inflating its 2019 revenue by up to 70% in what it called the most blatant Chinese stock fraud since 2011. GSX has consistently denied the fraud allegations. The Beijing-based company was also in a legal spat last month with its major rival VIP Kid, which sued GSX for allegedly stealing trade secrets.
0: There is no chance that the coronavirus pandemic will end this summer, a prominent Chinese medical expert has said in an article calling on countries to prepare for a new normal amid plans to reopen following the various global lockdowns. Zhang Wenhong, head of the Infectious Diseases Department in a major Shanghai hospital and director of the city's COVID-19 clinical expert team, and his colleague Ai Jingwen, wrote in an opinion piece outlining how some countries' attempts to ease COVID-19 measures before bringing their outbreaks under complete control may complicate global efforts to prevent new waves of infections and delay plans to reopen international borders. Directly citing the examples of Germany, Italy, and some American states, They warned countries against treading too lightly in the fight to contain the virus, writing, quote, The earlier, more thoroughly, and more decisively you do it, the better the results, like in China.
1: And finally, a fight for control of Bitmain Technologies Limited, a leading maker of Bitcoin mining equipment, escalated into a literal fight when a brawl broke out Friday at a government office in Beijing. Associates of Bitmain's two co-founders got into a fight over possession of the company's registration license. The clash attracted police to the scene, with both groups being taken down to a local police station. In many ways, the fight was a long time in the making. A power struggle started last October when Jan Kutuan, a founder of the largest maker of equipment to mine digital coins, was ousted by his partner Wu Han who declared himself the legal representative of the company. The confrontation took place against a backdrop of rising value for Bitcoin. The cryptocurrency briefly hit $10,000 Thursday, the highest since February. The dominant cryptocurrency surged to a record high of just over $20,000 in December 2017, but collapsed to just over $3,000 a year later, according to data provider CoinMarketCap. Let's turn out at Tyson Global Managing Editor, Doug Young, for the latest in the week. Uh, Doug,
2: what has caught your eye this week, man? Hey, thanks, Kaiser. It's good to be, be back on the show. Uh, this week, I want to talk about a company called Kingsoft Cloud, and uh, I know your listeners like to listen to stories about U.S. IPOs by Chinese companies, and this is indeed one of those. And is actually quite a big one, is $500 million to be exact. Uh, this is a company that's that's pretty well known in China. Kingsoft is, is connected to a pretty big uh, Chinese tech entrepreneur named Lei Jun, who is, is actually the founder of Xiaomi, if there's anybody out there who's used Xiaomi phones. Um, and the i p o you know did really really well, which is a bit unusual for this market it It rose forty percent on its trading debut um so again, this is very interesting company and you know it looks like it it'll have big potential going forward uh, i think one thing that we' note about uh, in terms of why it did so well is is it's involved in cloud services so at least one of the analysts I talked to said that that's sort of a, a hot area right now, and especially with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, um, you know, everybody's been focused on working remotely, and, and obviously cloud computing and cloud services are part of that. So, you know, it looks, looks good and, and could bode well for Chinese IPOs this year. Yeah, so Kingsoft Cloud, Leijun's other company, and the first Chinese
1: IPO since the COVID-19 pandemic hit, uh, up now over 40% from its debut already. Uh, If that weren't enough, Doug, what else is it about Kingsoft Cloud's IPO that
2: stands out for you? Well, what stands out for me, like I said, this is a a tech IPO. It was a a pretty big one, to be honest. Um, One of the interesting things here was that they originally started out just trying to raise $100 million and then... Bang! Like two weeks later, uh, they say we're going to try and raise five hundred million, and, and they did raise five hundred million. And like I said before, uh, the stock rose forty percent. So clearly, there's a, a lot of demand for this thing. Now, that's interesting in this case because this is actually the first big IPO, and it may be the first IPO since another big Chinese, well, another big U.S. listed Chinese company was in the headlines for much less positive reasons. And some of, some of the listeners may know I'm talking about Luckin, Luckin, the high-tech coffee maker. Uh, they call themselves high-tech anyhow because you have to order their coffee via app. And they were in the headlines just about a month ago after they admitted to a massive fraud scandal, uh, basically saying almost half of their revenue in the last three quarters of last year was fake. Uh, and their stock went down 80%, and it's been all over the place since then. And, and, of course, it's it's thrown a bigger spotlight on these Chinese companies and are their finances real? Are they cooking the books? Uh, there are all sorts of jurisdictional issues because U.S. regulators don't have the same authority to go in and, and check out their numbers and, and conduct investigations. So there were a lot of question marks about whether or not American investors would be interested in another Chinese tech company, especially after this this Luckin scandal. So, you know, the fact that uh, people seem to be embracing this this Kingsoft cloud seems to be a positive turn for U.S.-listed Chinese companies, and I'm guessing, you know, it should be good for them for the rest of the year. So, Doug, now
1: scanning the horizon of China's tech sector, is there anything on your radar in terms
2: of you know, companies that are likely to list this year? Well, there's, there's one big name that everybody's always watching, which is uh, ByteDance. Uh, I, I guess there's another company, uh, a big one called Didi, which is the Chinese equivalent of Uber. And both of these companies have been, well, been under some pressure. They're certainly big enough to be going after IPOs. I think the big question that's looming in everyone's mind now is, when will the markets sort of settle down? Because people are a bit surprised by Kingsoft uh, because the markets are still pretty turbulent right now. It's not exactly the best time to be making an IPO just because there's so much volatility. Uh, So again, I think people will probably look at this one and say, hey, uh, maybe the markets are starting to settle down and, and you know, maybe – I guess another big one we might see this year is uh, Ant Financial. Um, you know, maybe some of these big companies that really are a bit more solid than Luckin, uh, you know, they have big names behind them and, and people consider them big growth stories and, and trustworthy. You know, maybe we'll see some of them go later this year. And if they do, I am sure you'll be giving us the skinny. Dogman,
1: thanks a lot. And looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kaiser. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Ufe and Spring and Autumn for the music. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Take care.